Bring it away. Not out of danger yet, though. Fraser holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Oh, no, oh, 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 no, I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just... It's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. The ball is just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Smythe. It's Smythe. He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. And the big boy kicked the... Welcome to the weekend recovery. Week number eight of the 2023 season. Officially done. Vermont four in a row, knocking off the reigning premiers yesterday. Croydon pull off a memorable win over Montrose by 11 points. And East Bell would keep their season alive in an eight-point game against Ringwood. I'm Ryan Long, media manager of the Eastern Football Netball League, joined this morning by Ray Baird and Josh Ward. And, Josh, you were out at that game yesterday at Jubilee Park and impressive from the Rams because it was just a must-win. Yeah, it was very impressive. A, a pretty good contest in the end, a hard-fought hard contest. That then, yeah, East Bell deserved to win is keep their season alive. And Ray, you were out at uh, Doncaster East yesterday and watched your Hawks get up over the line uh, in a big win in the end. Yeah, and I copped a bit of flack when I got there because I had selected uh, Doncaster East to win it. But I tell you what, the uh, the uh, Roval side of last year turned up yesterday and they were back on track as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, it's been a long time, isn't it, since uh, Noble Park, Norwood and South Croydon are all been outside the top six. Yeah, very interesting to see that on the ladder. So... Let, let's start with the top and, and go down to uh, Premier Division. Um, one of the big results of the round out at Edwin Flack Reserve this weekend was Berwick defeating South Croydon 8-8-56 to the Dogs 7-10-52. Williamson kicked three goals for Berwick. Vela kicked two, while Money, Lane and Tuck all kicked one each. And on the line to join us this morning to talk about the game is the senior coach of the Berwick Football Club. Clint Evans. Clint, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Had a bit of a, a club function last night. Have you pulled up all right? And uh, how are you going? Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, no, I pulled up, no worries. But the, uh, the wife picked me up about 11.30. So <laughs> all good back at the club uh, now, actually. Just uh, cleaning up from all the boys' mess. So. Very nice. Uh, obviously, it's a, been a big win this weekend. And you've probably shown a lot of signs over the last couple of weeks. Um, that game against Roville was all tied up at, at three-quarter time. Before the last quarter, did... Did you sort of see this coming eventually, that everything was just going to click? Uh, we've been good in spurts. Um, we just haven't been able to probably sustain it. Um, that's probably the first seven rounds that we've sort of noticed. Like, I think probably you take out the East Doncaster game, even up to half time, we're really competitive there as well. Um, besides that, you know, we've sort of been in every game. So it's been good that, you know, for this week and even last week, we showed signs, especially in that third quarter. But to do it against good sides, that we knew... You know, from round three, we're going to, you know, had it seven weeks, I think, where, you know, we're playing all the top sides. So we knew it was going to be hard and we we're hoping to sneak one or two. So yesterday was just a reward for effort for the boys. And how good was it to see uh, Harrison Money back out there for his first game of the season? I think we've spoken to you in the in the past about how important he was to you, your forward line structure. And obviously last year when you take away him and you take away a lot of other key players, it certainly makes things a lot harder. How good was it to see him back on the field? Yeah, he just sort of straightens you up, I suppose. And, you know, you can see the boys, um, you know, get confidence when he's out there. I mean, I think two weeks ago, he kicked nine in his first game back in the twos from a knee and then hurt his hamstring the week week after. So we couldn't play him last week against Roble. So I just said, we go out and enjoy, have a bit of fun. And, you know, to see him get through the game and, you know, to have a win and the way he played, um, as I said, it just gives the boys so much confidence when he's out there. Clint, Josh Ward here. Great to be chatting with you again. Um, listen, when we talked in the off-season as well, what you mentioned about bringing back players who, who had who had long stints on the sidelines last season, obviously. Um, but just how impressed have you been with those players that have come back into the lineup? You know, Jesse Sewell has had a great start to the season. Jaden Graham has started to find form in, in recent weeks. Just how impressed have you been with their with them coming back into the lineup? Yeah, it's been good. I think probably this week is probably our strongest side we've had. We're sort of, once again, unfortunately, and every side has it, you know, we've had key injuries, so we've sort of had a makeshift forward line pretty much for the whole year. Like, we picked up uh, John Neal, um, and he's had his quad. He's played one game for the year. Um, Joseph West played two games for the year. Uh, Tim Gunn, unfortunately, has only played one. And Jackson Drake, who we picked up, probably won't play again. Um, so... It's been hard with all our key players out. So we, with Harry coming back in, and, and he said we, we played Graham at centre-half forward yesterday, so we changed a few things around. But um, 
Yeah, I think yesterday was our strongest side, and you know, and and lucky enough we're in front when the when the siren went. And some of the impact of your other recruits as as well coming into coming into the side. You know, obviously Will Arthurson coming back full time. He's had a, a really strong start to the season. But uh, Brad Homefrey and and Car- and Carlo Sullivan as well. Just how impressed have you been with their impact to start this season? Yeah, especially with Will. I mean, getting him full time is just huge for us. Uh, you know, I, I rate him really high. Um, coming back from Frankston, and the thing with him, we can play him anywhere. Um, like he's fantastic down back. But yesterday we actually played him on ball. Um, and I think in the first quarter and a half, he had nearly 15, 20 posies. You know, he just played really well. And then you got young Brad Homfrey and Kyle. Brad's more of a tagger on ball, and you know he puts his head over it and stops one of their opposition's really good players. And then you got Kyle, who's a little bit of an outside sort of player, but got really good skills. So it just complements our guys that we've got. Um, and just gives us also a little bit of depth and, you know, and our results in the reserves. You can see that, you know, I think we're five and two. So, yeah, it's good in that way, that's for sure. Uh, Ray Baird here, Clint. Congratulations on the win yesterday. Look, Thanks, when your club came into the competition one or two years ago there, uh, did you have a, a maybe a three or five year plan, uh, you know, the way you would progress? And if so, are you happy with the way you, the club is going, you know, in that progression? Yeah, I mean, it was a massive step. For us coming from the outer east, like the league where we were, like it, it was a good league, but you're playing three or four games a year, and that's nothing against league. But the bottom sides there, you win them by 100, 150 points. So when we come into this league, it was a massive, like, yeah, coming in, we were thinking, you know, see how we go. But we've started to realise that every week you've got to be up, and, you know, we've probably found that really hard um, just with the young guys. And the group that we had round one, Noble Park, uh, two years ago to the group that we've got now. There's probably only four or five players left out of that group, so it's a massive change, and we've just got a heap of young kids coming through, and we knew it's going to take time, and I think most of our guys, besides maybe five or six, they've only got between probably 10 and 30 games between them, so it's like a new generation coming through, so it's always going to you know take time, especially being in Premier. We know how good the comp is, and you can see with all the scores that um, you know we're not too far away, but we're still off the, off the top side, so... Look, we know that that's a challenge, but our big thing, we want to stay in Premier because we think we've got kids coming through. I uh, think we've got nine or ten maybe Stingrays this year that um, through the under-19 program. So, you know, we think if we can stick that, stay in Premier, you know, we think in three or four years we're going to be hopefully, you know, right around the mark. Yeah, no, look, I go along with everything you say there, and uh, you're obviously matching it with, with the top sides in the Premier this year, apart from, you know, maybe a small lapse here and there during the game. So uh, you'd have to be pleased with that progression. Oh, massively. Yeah, the, the big thing at the moment with us, especially NC side, we we're, we can't sustain it for four quarters at the moment, and that's just with kids, and you get that all the time. And We've sort of spoken about the good sides like Royal, East Doncaster, they've got a, a fifth gear where at the moment we can't go with them with it when they've got the fifth gear, and you see that with our scores. Um, so we can stick with sides, but then, you know, they might have a 20-minute period where we lap or they just go. And, you know, it's a it's five, five goals game over. So that's where we've got to get better. Um, even yesterday, like, you know, I would have been absolutely shattered if we'd lost because we just thought we were a better side for the day. And even speaking to Buzz, you know, he said the same. But, yeah, we, once they got on top of us in that last quarter, we just had to hold on for dear, for dear life. And luckily we did. You've got a big game next week against Baldwin and then we go into the King's birthday bye. How, how do you feel that you're going to manage your players during that bye? Do you give them time off or do you just keep training as normal? Nah, nah, we'll give them time off. We'll train um, We'll train on the Thursday. We've already spoken about So the boys will take training. So I'll give the coaches a week off. Um, the boys will train for a, for an hour or so on that Thursday. Um, then they'll all go out for dinner and then give them the weekend off. Because I think we've got 10 games straight after that. So you've got to give them a bit of leeway just to get away from the footy club and do their own thing. I mean, I, I know it's Premier Footy, but it's still local footy. So, you know, they've got outside stuff as well. So... Matt, we'll give them a rest and give me a rest too. <laughs> and, and, obviously, and obviously with the goal of, of staying up in this division and staying in Premier with a, a young group and uh, a lot of promise in the future, is that probably the second half of the season is just putting those four-quarter performances uh, uh, back in a row, like consecutive games, and, and obviously with, with a younger group, sometimes that takes a bit of time to get that going, but is that sort of the focus um, in the back end of the season? Yeah, massively. Um, you know, we want to try and, you know, sustain effort for four quarters. And, and the way we play, well, we've got a sort of a little bit of a different game plan to probably most, um, just because we haven't got the skill set of a lot of other sides with their skill by hand and by foot. So 
it does touch you the way that we play. Um, so we, as we sometimes looks like we do run out of legs, um, which probably was the case a bit yesterday. But because they do so much hard work um, to sustain it for four quarters with a young side, you know that's where you know it's very hard. But we think if we can do it and get better at it, it's just going to make us better. So it's just for us the same games for longer, and which we've been doing, but also sustain it for four quarters. Absolutely. And instead of, and instead of sides, you know, kicking five or six goals in a row, we've got to try and cut that back to three to keep us in the game. And and is that you know viewing the division that's it's it is pretty tough with looking at the ladder, um, comparing you know probably from this year to last year it's it's certainly tough from from first to about eighth you know there's only one game with them within each other and then you've got yourself in South Croydon so uh, is it sort of just a, if you can pinch a couple of upsets up there and, and beat the sides below you that's put you in a good spot. Yeah, look, we hope so. Um, you know, but as you said, like, it's anyone can win. Like, you know, we look, and we keep on looking back. Unfortunately, that Doncaster game when we were six goals as if up at half time, we go, oh, will it come back to bite us? But, I mean, that's a comp. Um, if you don't put sides away, they're going to come back at you. So, I think for us, yeah, we want to stay up, but we want to compete against the top sides. And we think we can. Um, and like we said before, we've just got to sustain it. And our biggest thing is we want to make sure that we stay in Premier. You know, that's our big thing. And with such a young group, um, you know, they love it and the excitement that they get for playing, you know, ex-VFL, AFL guys every week. It's just really good for them as well. Definitely. And, and it's obviously a big test next week against Baldwin. So we do wish you all the best for that. And we really appreciate your time this morning. Fantastic win yesterday. And it's great to see the club going well. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Thanks, Flint. There, the senior coach of the Berwick Football Club. Uh, really impressive win. I, I did say in the preview. I thought I thought yeah. they were a real, real chance against South Croydon, and yeah, South Croydon are a very good outfit as well. Yeah. So it's a it's a big win, um, and, and good to see him hold on late uh, with with the dogs pushing. And I'll just remind li- uh, listeners that they were my Super Brew Staffy, so I'm a very happy <laughs> man that I tipped yeah. Berwick as yeah. my Super Brew yeah. Staffy after yeah. last week, but. Yeah. I'm very bullish on them now. This is a really and, and good you, performance. You've got to look at Berwick. When they come into the competition, you're straight into the top division and you know, and their main thing was to stay in that and they're still there and now they're just starting to reap the benefits of, of last year. Yeah, they definitely are and they've got a stable foundation as well. You know, they've got the two under-19 sides, their reserves, as Clint said, they they started the season off strongly. So they have that foundation. If they can stay in there, they're definitely going to be right up there in years to come. Yeah, definitely. And just touching on South Korean quickly... Uh, I think Josh, you said that was their fifth loss in a row now, yeah. um, and they've got Doncaster East next week, so it doesn't get any easier. And they're in just a bit of a, a danger spot for a side that many of us thought would play finals this year. It's probably not the ideal start. It isn't, but obviously they're still missing. I think Max King isn't is still missing as well for them. I don't think one of their recruits, Brandon Wood, is playing for them as well, a former VFL man. So they're missing some, but. It is a dangerous spot to be in if you're South Croydon. Just just one game away outside of that that relegation spot, and you're two games outside of the the top six. Yeah. It's it's quite remarkable, really, the position that they're in, Ray. And it is. But look, you, Josh, you talk about you know the players they're missing, but all clubs are missing players. Yeah. But the thing that disappoints me about South Croydon at the moment is they've got enough good players in that lineup with these guys missing, and they should be winning games. So I do. I think there's just something. I don't know something. Maybe it's game plan they just got to tweak a little bit or maybe move a few players from back down forward because the way they're going if they just keep going what they're doing well they are going to be in that relegation race but if they can just tweak it around a little bit and you know get some a bit of momentum going because we know what they're like at Cheong normally yeah so if they can turn that around but uh, I think Marcus has got to just sort of have a look at his side the way they're playing their, their, their game and that sort of thing and as I say tweak it and maybe they'll come good yeah, certainly. Right, let's keep on moving on. In Premier Division, Baldwin got the job done over Park Orchards, 15 uh, to 10-12-72. There for the Tigers, Jordan Lyle kicked four goals, Goebbels kicked three, Walker kicked two. Pendery back in the side this week was listed as their best player on the ground, while for Park Orchards, Trembath and Cullen kicked two each. Uh, but look... Positive signs there for Park Orchards. I was checking that score across the afternoon. They kept hitting back, but Baldwin had the answer every single time. Very uh, accurate kicking as well from the Tigers. But, you know, as positive as probably maybe 
as the amount of positives you can take from the game until reality is you're now 0-7. It, so it just builds pressure each week when you can't get yeah. that win. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, again, promising, but still pressure building for Park Orchards. They'll be happy. They they kept up with, with Baldwin, but it's been a, a similar story all year. You know, they they got close to Rival and went down They at, at, at home. They got close to Doncaster East and they lost there. And, you know, it, it just continues there. It, I, it's... It's again promising, but I think they need to change something down there. Well, well, it doesn't get any easy because they've got Noble Park and Roval in the next two <laughs> games as well. So, you know, you'd like to see them snare a win somewhere out of those two, but uh, on the form they're producing, I can't see it. Yeah, a bit of danger signs there for Park Orchards, but Baldwin's season continues to uh, improve as, as we go. They'll sit uh, equal top still. They I might think actually be on top now. They're out the, by top the with official top loss. Correct, and we'll jump into that game now. Uh, Norwood, 9-7-61, defeated the Roos 5-12-42 there at Mullen Mullen Reserve. For Norwood, Jordan kicked four goals. Maloney and Benell kicked two each. And when was listed as their best player. And for East Ringwood, McRae kicked three Monday as their best player. And I I, I think, again, you know, we, we talked about this on Friday, that they were a big chance, especially at home. It was hard to tip against East Ringwood because we'd seen their form in the first um, six rounds of the season. But really impressive. Uh, Tom Maloney into the side was uh, uh, kicked a couple of goals. Good to have him back in there. And uh, just a, 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 another good win. No, they've had two really big wins Obviously, this one against um, East Ringwood and then the Noble Park game. So, at their best, they can knock off some some of the best sides in the competition. It's just about getting that consistency in their lineup, and st- I think they're still missing Lockie Dick- Dixon, who, uh, as you mentioned on Friday, I think it was, he's been in and out of the side to, to start this season. But they bring back Tom Maloney, which is a, a massive inclusion, of course, a reigning be- best and fairest at Nor- Norwood, and you know. I think East Ringwood sort of shot themselves in the fo- foot, really, in that in that third quarter in particular, six behinds, and and you know they kicked five twelve for the game, and you know it, I think Norwood will be really happy, really happy that they were able to to run over the top of them and and take advantage of most of their chances, and you know the last couple of weeks, it, it, obviously they went down to Blackburn, but these last couple of weeks in particular, it'll give it'll give Marty Pass a, a lot of confidence heading into the second half of the season, Ray. It will, and what it set up a ripper game next week because Norwood go down to Seabeck Oval, and these Norwood and Roval are both coming off big wings, so they'll be both very confident. So that that's going to be a ripper of a game next weekend. Yeah, definitely. And one thing they'll be really happy about is that they probably had a similar lead to what they did last week against Blackburn, which was a game they lost, and this time they were able to uh, win that last quarter and. Uh, get home by 19 points there and keeping their spot not just outside the top six but they're, they're very close it is so even in this division uh at the moment blackburn big winners over doncaster 21 goals 16 142 to the sharks 4 731 won't go through all the goal kickers but bartland right kicked three each there was 11 goal scorers there for blackburn Vijaya was listed as best on ground while for the sharks they had four single goal kickers Grundy, their best player yesterday afternoon. Big result, I think we all saw coming. Blackburn on fire there at Morton Park. Don't lose too many games. Uh, we'll keep moving on. Vermont defeated Noble Park 15-7-97 to the Bulls, 10-3-63. We haven't got any goal kickers or best for Vermont just yet. For Noble Park, Marson and Sketcher and Scott all kick two each. Jackson Sketcher is their best player. No surprise there. But this is a, a really impressive win. They trailed at halftime, Ray, the Eagles, and then in the second half kicked 10 goals to just the four. And away from home, that's that's a Bulls' third loss at Pat Wright Senior Oval this year. Yeah, no, who, who would have predicted that? Yeah, no, Noble Park, they've sort of fallen back with the pack, haven't they? But Vermont, I said two weeks ago that, you know, the Eagles are back and they've certainly, mm. they're here, they're going to play finals and they're going to finish in the top three, I reckon. Yeah. Top three, so you, you're really high on <laughs> yes. them at the moment. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, I, th- I love the way they're going about their football. I'm pretty high on them at the moment. <laughs> Maybe if they, obviously, I'm not too sure about their next couple of weeks. They've, they've so got, got Doncaster. Yeah, Doncaster, league. you'd pencil that in yeah. for a win. Blackburn Blackburn at home as well, which with the form there. That'll, be a, that'll that, be a great game. That'll be a really good ga- game. Um, But I think, yeah, they're definitely a, sh- a shout to be po- to be in the top three. It, it's so even though... I, I, it's so even though it's hard for me to put them in the top three, but yeah, you're right, Ray. The the Eagles are, are well and truly back, and 
you know, just that ability to run over the top of Noble as well, five goals to, to just the two in the final quarter to, mm. to extend that margin. It's, you know, it, it's always crucial. It's always crucial for any side to, to have that ability to run over the top of sides, finish off games strongly. And yeah, I think that's what Vermont have been able to do. Well, the last four, uh, the last four weeks and the last time we saw them, of course. <laughs> <laughs> their their one their their worst game by the season the season by far was the the only one we went to but other than that they've had a, a really great start to the year so interesting to see how that continues on out at Zerby's Reserve yesterday a game that you were at Ray Roval 16 11 107 defeated Doncaster East by 57 points 6 14 50 for Roval got Lockie Wine who kicked six goals here Flakemore with three Arundel two Lockie Wine as their best player being the best. Uh, key forward in the competition this year as the Doncaster race, all single goal kickers and Chris Phelan listed as their best player. But Ray, really impressive. Uh, probably their their best performance yet, the Hawks, 57 points. Um, a, a big win. Yeah, it was Ray. a big win and did I cop some flack from my Roval people because <laughs> I actually picked Doncaster East to, to win this game. But no, it was a Roval of last year. You know, from the very first bounce, they kicked their first goal, I think it was 35 seconds into the game. But they, look, uh, all credit, look, uh, Doncaster East, in the first half, they played some really good football and uh, but Roval, it was, as I said, uh, there was that running off the half-back line, always two or three options going past. Nick Showermakers was in know unstoppable in the ruck here, as he always does even though it's sometimes there I thought you know he's not going to jump more than three inches in that muddy center but <laughs> but then when the ball went in there but but no he was fantastic and and wind wind I, I I got it from the official timekeepers that he kicked seven from Roval, but you've got six, so we'll go with the whatever. Just on game day, that may change. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure he kicked seven, but but the, the thing about that was he he did all the rucking on the forward line, but then the next minute he was doing the boundary throw-ins in the back pocket. So I reckon he played at least a quarter of football on the back line during the day as well, and to come up with six or seven goals, it was a mammoth effort there. But but I spoke with Ben Wise before the game, and he said, look, what's been happening? I said, you fought your small forward this year aren't kicking goals he said no what the opposition are doing they're getting players behind the blind he said now we're going to fix that today I think they dropped four guys out of their forward line dropped them back to the reserves uh, and Taylor was one of them as well all those and these are good players from last year but they've gone back to the reserves you know and they played reasonably well in the reserves although Doncaster East did win that game but no Roval you know from yesterday's performance you know they're back and and I know Josh you've been sticking with them right through the yeah, whole lot saying they're better than that. Well, yesterday they were better than that. Yeah, yeah I'm still very bullish on them just because of what they did last year. We all saw what they were, what they're capable of, and you know, I think we talked about it on Friday. When will they find form? I think this week yeah. against Doncaster East, too. Again, yeah. inaccurate kicking is yeah. bad footy, and it, it, um, I think. I think Don, I think Roval are back. I think they're yeah. going to start in form yeah. soon. Look, uh, Doncaster East big recruit Bell from Carlton. He kicked two early goals here in, in playing at full forward, but then then uh, they put uh, Cooper McDonald onto him, and he really shut him down. And in the end, uh, Bell went into the midfield for probably the last uh, two and a half quarters of the game. But uh, no, Cooper McDonald, he just did a fantastic job on a bigger, stronger player as well because Bell's a big boy. He really, he really is, and. Um, Kevin McDonald as well. He's he's Roval's best defender. There's plenty yes. of star defenders, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. he's had, had another big start to the season too, and he's still a young guy, isn't he? So yep. um, really promising there for the future. But you're right; it it did look like the Hawks of, of 2022, and that's uh, really positive signs. But now the task is is to continue that form into yeah, next week, because right. yep. um, as you said, Norwood's going to be a, a really interesting game. Should be a, a one to look out for next week. We'll look at the ladder here. Um, I don't think this is up there. I don't think it is. Bowen will be on top with the six wins, and then East, Ringwood, and Blackburn, and Vermont all with the five wins in the top four. And then Doncaster East, Roville, Noble Park, Norwood, all with four wins each. A bit of a gap here from eighth to ninth with South Croydon winning just two games so far alongside Berwick. And then Doncaster with one, and Park Orchards yet to get a win there. On the bottom of the Premier Division ladder, was jump into Division 1 because there was a couple of interesting results here. Some of the results that probably we expected to go that way. Uh, Lilydale lost to South Belgrave 11-4-70. To South Belgrave 16-11-107. We haven't got any goal kickers or best players there. But 
not not bad from the other. They're in front at a quarter time, and despite being, I think, about 40 points down there at uh, three-quarter time, we're able to fight back a little bit to make it even in the last quarter with four goals to three. So, Josh, some positive signs there. There's not much more you can really ask when you're playing the, the side that are undefeated. No, there's not too much, and obviously they're, they're winless as well, Lily Dale, but... This is this is a really promising perform, uh, performance. Again, we say that, but they're still they're still winless. But I think they'll take a lot of positives just given they were able to to win that first quarter and kicked very straightly in that first quarter, win the final quarter, not let their heads uh, not let their heads drop after uh, I think it was a six goal to to three second uh, to three third quarter. But I think. They'll take plenty more. I think Luke McCormick will take more positives out of this result, Ray, than than negatives. Yeah, you look and and what 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 coming up, I think is going to suit them because they're a very young side. I think having with the bye coming up and they can have a week off these younger players because you know these younger players when they're thrown up in a, in a, in a first division or premier, they get tired. You know, after an eight or nine game, so I think that Lily they'll be looking forward to having that rest off, give the younger players a break, and maybe reassess and come back a little bit stronger in the second half of the season. Definitely. Uh, out of the Bayswater Oval yesterday, interesting result. One turn south, 15-9-99, defeated Bayswater, 8-9-57. I say interesting because at quarter time, Bayswater were 5-2-32 to one turn south, 1-1-7. And then after that, the game was pretty much all one turn south, kicking 14 goals to three after quarter time. Ricky Fandrick kicked six goals for the Devils. This is their best player. Hewitt also kicked four and Lincoln one kicked two. As for Bayswater, Dean was their only multiple goal scorer with two and Sell listed as their best player for Bayswater. So uh, after quarter time, just Devils dominance and um, you know, c- continuing on their form yeah, from yeah, the last yeah. few weeks. And Mark Hardy would be very disappointed with that score after mm-hmm. quarter time, you know, because uh, I know he's a very proud man and, and he's a good coach. But uh, one turn of south, if they can get... And they are getting a bit of momentum now, and they can carry that on. They're going to be up there playing finals. They definitely are. This is this is a really good result, and well, terrific. Obviously, final three quarters just been, and the the second and third quarter in particular, kicking thirteen goals and and conceding just the th- just the four behinds. So that's. Yeah. You know, credit to their def- defense in, pati- in particular for for one turn of South, which is clearly tying up at their attack led by Ricky Fan- Ricky Fandridge. I think this game potentially could kickstart him into gear. And for, yeah, Mark Hardy will be disappointed they they went down. Another side set to uh, looking for another final series this year is Mitchum, 14 goals, 1,802, defeated Mulbach by 50 points, 7-10-52, the Mustangs. Lachlan kicked three goals to the Tigers, while Cherry, Crampton and Cowman all kicked two each. Cherry listed as uh, their, the Tigers' best player yesterday afternoon. As for Mulbach, Monkhurst was their only multiple goal scorer in two also listed as their best player. But uh, it really started from the, the first quarter where the Tigers hit the first five goals of the game. Um, and then after that, pretty much just had Mulbach right where they wanted to, uh, right where they wanted them. And we, we did mention, you know, a couple of the, the outs that the Mustangs did have that probably really needed to, to match a Mitch and midfield that is starting to get back to, to full strength with, with a couple of the guys that have come back in in recent wins uh, recent weeks and just a, a really dominant win there by the Tigers because probably in some of their games, I think even the, the Croydon won Lillardale, they're probably winning by sort of that, that 20 to yeah. 25 point win. That I think it not was playing their best footy. I think it was 38 points against Croydon, but they hadn't... Oh really yeah, they got away it, late, but it, this, is, this is probably... A, yeah, their, their biggest yeah, statement win. Yeah, this is their biggest statement against a, a Mustang side that they are obviously both sides are going through plenty of changes, but they still lost against them three times last year. So this gives them great confidence, and you always want to get off to that fast start, and they did just that, and there was no turning back for them, Ray. Yeah, and, and what Merle Bark's got now, they've got a rest next week because they're playing that Anzac Day against Montrose. So, uh, you know, they can uh, reassess, have the week off, you know, and uh, hopefully. Uh, Put up a better performance in that Anzac Day clash against Montrose. Yeah, and they'll be uh, slipping down the ladder again because North Ringwood uh, will jump them with their fourth win of the season. 7-9-51 defeated Beaconsfield 7-7-49 for the Saints. All uh, single goal kickers there. As for Beaconsfield, Ocker kicked four of their seven goals. Loco listed as North Ringwood's best player while co for Beaconsfield. But... Uh, interesting one. We didn't get any scores from from this game during the uh, the afternoon, so 
we didn't see that uh, be, uh, that North Ringwood actually came from behind in um, trailing at, at both the quarter time, half times break, and then in the second half uh, kicked five goals to two to steal a two point win. Very impressive from the Saints that um, after you know maybe a, a few inconsistent weeks, this is two wins in a row where they really had to work for it in low scoring games, but. Two in a row, uh, Ray. It's a much better sight for, for North Ringwood fans. It, it is. And, but I always thought that as the season progressed, particularly after their round one clash where they got belted, but I always thought that they, as, the, as the season went on, they would progressively get better. And now they've started to uh, string a couple of you know wings together. But uh, just, just on this division, guys, you know, how many results have we had under and under a goal in this division well yeah, it's been one really every it, week it has, especially it? for north ringwood the yeah. last two weeks that yeah. it's a one point win and then a, a two point win is so a combined winning yeah. margin of three points <laughs> yeah, which no, is quite remarkable you'll take it <laughs> you do definitely take yeah. it and then they've also had a three point win against against Croydon and I think they had a one point loss as well to Moorbach so I think north ringwood only like to play close low scoring games but yeah. it's and we've got to give it credit that it's against a, a strong opponent in Beaconsfield who have had a great start to the year. But for them, it's maybe, you know, a, a couple of weeks, you know, they've, so they've done so much progress in the first five to six rounds, but they've probably taken a couple of steps back in the last two weeks. But uh, a, a, I think they've got Lilydale next, maybe. So you would you would expect them back at home there yeah, at yeah, Home Park yeah. to, to get the job done, but can't take anything for granted. Um, and go into the bye with a, a real positive record. Yeah, but just back to North Ringwood, Quamby Reserve is such a hard ground to, to play at. They play it so much yeah, better, yeah, don't they? They yeah, do, yeah. They're a much better side at home. But yeah, Beaconsville, they'll obviously be a bit disappointed uh, coming for well, having a handy c- half-time lead and conceding that. Uh, conceding that, uh, I think, yeah, it's again a, another somewhat disappointing second second half like it was last week but yeah I think they'll they'll want to get they'll couldn't have picked a better opportunity to get back into form than this week and just interesting on their probably their next few games here uh, next week they've got one turn south uh, at Walker Reserve which is tough but then they've got uh, looking at the fixture Never mind, I missed the South Belgrave one, so that's that again, another <laughs> tough one. But then they've got Lilydale and then Moorbach. So you'd you'd back and maybe to go two and two there. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'd have would. to look at the ladder to sort of work out where that would put them. But if their season's not done, they're certainly in the uh, back in the hunt now yeah. with that win. The last game in Division 1, Montrose 13 goals, 12-90. Lost to Croydon, 14-17-101. Josh, the Blues are back. Yes, Britain they kicked are. three, DeMonte kicked three. Uh, Dixon listed as their best player. So Montrose Schwab kicked three of their 13 goals. And Watson, uh, no surprise to see him listed as their best player, but really impressive. Uh, Montrose had a bit of a lead there at quarter time, by uh, half time by a couple of points. And then it was a bit of a, a seesawing battle there. I, I think I almost went too early on the um, yeah. game day score that saw Montrose back in front by eight points in the last quarter. But uh, Croydon with the last couple to... A very impressive win by 11 points, and it. W- I mean, we were sort of waiting for then for everything to click for them. They ticked all the boxes yesterday. They beat a a, compet- a really strong competitor away from home. They scored over 100 points, I think, for the first time this season, and they get they get their win on the board that um, they really needed to push themselves up the ladder a bit. They won't move up the ladder yet, but it's just a very crucial win. It's a it's a good confidence boosting win. And you know, if they had lost that game as well, I think they would have been oh, two or three games outside. Yeah, with North Ringwood winning that that would have been yeah, really dangerous. Yeah, in fact they would have still been they they would have still been two games because obviously Bayswater yeah, going yeah. down and, and Moorbark. But yeah. this this gives them great confidence. They I think they clearly heard us on the weekend forecast on Friday talking about us in de- <laughs> talking about them in depth. But yeah, this I don't know if it gets them back into form, but for Montrose, it, it I, I don't know what to make of it. There, there's you can't tr- you can't trust Wait, we them. Will, we will get to Montrose in a second, but let's yeah. just stick on Corridon for yeah, a bit yeah. because they do deserve a, a lot of credit here because this is something we really can. I've I've come in here every Sunday and just criticised them for yeah. for ten minutes. <laughs> look, look, all of us have. We've been very critical on the fact that we've said that you know that they can't kick enough score. Their forwards aren't good enough and all that. But they've had thirty one scoring shots yesterday. So something's turned around, and there's we've been waiting for it. And uh, let's hope that it can kickstart them into into some better results for them. But uh, yeah, you know, they certainly shut us up anyway <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And no Ficker really, who's I, I believe he may have gone to Europe. Um, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure there, but. Yeah. Um, 
just yeah, the, the amount of goal scorers. I mean, obviously, Britain and Jamonski, obviously, because, you know, Jamonski's come from uh, Murrubark, uh, kick three each, and then they've got a, a one, two, three, four. They've got about six single goal kickers there yesterday, too. So and we're able to find it from different avenues. And Riley Constantino didn't even kick a goal as well. I'm not too sure if he's playing a, a different role, but. You know, it's a very positive thing being able to to find those different avenues to goal, and yeah, I think that I think they've finally fixed up that scoring issue that, that's plagued them for the last couple of years. I reckon, right? And look, that yeah, you're right. But just on Montrose, that that result has really hurt them to be playing the bottom side on your home ground. And you're up there sitting first or second, second on the ladder at that stage. Gary Ayres would be absolutely livid with his side, I'm sure of that, you know, because uh, it, it's a game that you pencil in and you should win in that position. Yeah, consistency's been their issue so far. And, you know, we, we talked last weekend is if, have they got back on track because the, the, the two wins in a row there against North Ringwood by 70 points and then Beaconsfield uh, away from home. But I'm still, still not convinced at their best. They can certainly win the flag this year, but I just haven't seen enough consistent form when you compare that to probably South Belgrave, obviously, have won eight in a row. Mitchum, uh, you can you sort of expect that they'll win those sort of games, the the close ones. They sort of beat Croydon in a similar type of game where it was close at three-quarter time and kicked away. They've done that a couple of times. Montrose haven't quite been able to do that every week. I think that Montrose play, and I've said it on air before, they play a stop-start game of football, whereas the other sides run the ball, keep the ball moving, and it's only my opinion, and I take criticism if I'm wrong, but that's the way I say and I just think that's a deficiency in, in their game style, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, and I think they're still a, a reasonably young side as well. They've got some experience, but it, it's still really young, and you know, they're going to have their inconsistencies. At their best, they are a premiership favourite, but you, you just can't trust them given how young they are. Yeah. And we do, we, you know, and sometimes we're a bit harsh on those sides who we know at their best are, are capable of anything, and that's probably Montrose. That we, we've seen what they can do, yeah. um, and you sort of sometimes, you, maybe we do expect it each week, but they'll be an interesting one to watch. Just before we move on, just a message out there. Blake Tennant, can you just send us the message just to know that you are still on the earth, mate? <laughs> well, we haven't heard from him. We have not heard a word from him since the uh, final siren. A <laughs> little, little bit concerning, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Let's jump into the ladder, and it hasn't been updated on game day, so I'll try and edit it as we go. On top, South Belgrave with eight wins. Mitchum will be sitting second now with their sixth win of the season uh, alongside... Uh, oh, Is sorry, there a game in third, in, in third and fourth, it would be Montrose and Wonturner South, I believe, with the five wins. And then you've got Beaconsfield, North Ringwood, four wins each. Murbach with three Bayswater with three, Croydon now with two, and then Lillardale yet to win on the bottom of the ladder. Did I do that right, Josh? Yes, you did do that right. And just touching on North Ringwood now, it's sitting in it's sitting in an equal final spot with Beaconsfield as well. Obviously, their percentage isn't the greatest, but that's still a real positive for them. Yeah, big turnaround yeah. in the last couple of weeks. So we'll see how that plays out. We're going to go to a short break and jump back in with Division 2. Hi, I'm Ben Dersen from Montrose Football Netball Club. And when I need a new kit for a night out, I head over to Eastland. But Eastland is more than a shopping centre. They support a range of community organisations and have been major partners of the Eastern Football Netball League since 2018. Thanks, Eastland. Young, Young goes forward. This could be it if they get the next one. Wrestling with the ball there was uh, Pearson, who's kicked a couple today, and here they go inside 50 again. Shot, in fact, there might even be a shot for goal. It's there! What a kick! Marcus Young. It's Marcus Young. I thought he was just going to put it to the top of the square, but he said, no, I'll just do it myself. And he slammed it through, and that is the game. Ron and Trilly, if there was any doubt before. Welcome back to the Eastland Weekend Recovery. You're just listening to a couple of highlights there from yesterday's match of the round between Ringwood and East Burwood, and it was a season-defining win there for the Rams. Uh, keeping in touch with the top five. 9-9-63, defeating Ringwood, 7-7-49. Face Burwood, Barlow, Young, Dove kicked two goals each. Dwight was listed as their best player. We did give it to Mariani. They did have a, a, quite a few players that really stood up. We were there uh, after the game where Brett Rowe gave it to uh, Marcus Young, who, who was another one who featured in our votes. As for Ringwood, Boone and Brown both kicked two goals each and Murphy listed as their best player alongside Jet Latford, who we also uh, rated very highly yesterday. But Josh, being at the ground, it was an interesting one at halftime. 
uh, Ringwood just had the one goal to their name and then it was that big third quarter where they kicked four goals to one that got themselves back into it and we thought they were really looking like they may even run over the top of them um, and then at three-quarter time uh, David Jensen gave him a bit of a spray <laughs> and uh, got them fired up in that last quarter because they kicked uh, three goals to two and just keep their season alive with a, a really important win. That's a must win. And, you know, I think it's two wins in a row out of Jubilee Park for, for the Rams now. So clearly they don't mind playing out there. But, yeah, I think they were deserved winners, especially off that first half where they kept Ringwood scoreless in that se- in the second quarter too. And, you know, all their big players, we, we keep saying this, but all their big players, they stepped up. You know, Mariani in midfield just working hard as he always does. Braden Barlow was was kept quiet, but he still popped up when he needed to. Marcus Young up Marcus Young up forward and, and through midfield. He's a, a really key, he's a star for them. Kyle Dove, you know, he took a couple of good a couple of good marks and I think his goal on the boundary was a, a decent shout, shout for goal of the day as I well. Know, I know <laughs> they, the other boys were saying Dove, but that first kick by Barlow yeah, was that, just... Uh, that, that was a, a incredible. That could be a sort of a goal of the year sort of contender. Yeah, that, was, that was a uh, clear, clear one Yeah, I think it was a pretty clear one for me too. But then Max Wills and Cody Logan down back, they, they really stepped up. For, but for Ringwood though, they'll... They'll be happy that it wasn't a big blowout. Obviously, they they had some big outs. You know, Jimmy James Parker, Scott Lang, Tim Wack, Declan Hill, all four players with plenty of experience. They brought back a, a couple, and and obviously they had a debutant as well, who I was really impressed by. Mitch and Mitch and then Jet Latchford had a, is a superstar in rock. He's probably one of the best rockmen in the division. And Tim Jones down back is a, a brick wall. But otherwise, yeah, I think. Eastbell deserved to it deserved to win. They were dominant for pretty much three quarters of the game, and yeah, I, I think it's a, a well deserved victory and mu- much ne- much needed, as we keep saying. Yeah, absolutely. And and looking at Ringwood Ray, you know, I, and I don't know if you've seen the team list from yesterday, yeah. but uh, just some of the names I looked at, I was it, crazy to see you know from a few years back seeing that side so different. They are so much younger this year, and even someone like a you know the Cairns brothers not not having them out on the field obviously they've had a lot of players move on to to other clubs and retire so it, it's it's very hard to um continue that incredible form another year when you you've got such a different side on the park yeah well Brett Rowe spoke about this last week when we spoke to him about it and and I didn't listen to any of the broadcast but from what I get from you guys was it a case that uh they ran out of young leagues after halftime ringwood <sighs> oh no well because they, oh, I can't remember who kicked the set shot. There was a set shot there that Jacob Williams. Yeah, probably about thirty meters out. Um, it just did, did make the distance and went right. If he had to kick that one, which we thought was a gettable goal, it would have been back within a goal. And and just with momentum, you you could have possibly seen Ringwood running over the top. But and, and to to Eastbourne's credit, because they were really challenging that third quarter, they just bounced back um, a couple of important goals. That Mariani goal. Um, in the stoppage in the, the forward <laughs> half was really impressive. Young finished it off. And, and also, to Ringwood's credit, even even though they sort of were one, two steps behind, they kept pushing forward in that last quarter and, and throwing everything they had in them. Um, but it makes for probably an interesting uh, division now because I think the top four are pretty much locked in, but that fifth spot that Ringwood still hold on to yeah. is, is going to be up for grabs because <laughs> Mulgrave and East Burwood are the two sides that... We'll, we'll look to try and pinch it. Yeah, and actually, my mistake, I think it was Toby Godfrey that missed that shot, shot. And they had a couple more chances before that as well. I think they had two, uh, two or three that uh, that missed before. So it, it's a bit disappointing for them. But they had every chance. But, yeah, Eastbourne, it, it, you know, it does make the division even more even <laughs> for that fifth spot. Obviously, the top four, I feel like it's almost set in stone. I know that's a big call, but I think, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, hard I, to see. I agree. I think it's... The top four is locked in. It will come. Maybe the order of where yeah. they finish in the top four will probably change around. But I think that will be your top four. So, so this boils down to the fact that the Mulgrave, East Burwood, and Ringwood for that fifth spot, they have to take a big scalp to get it. Yeah, yeah. and you know, looking at Ringwood last week, that really counts when you beat Baronia. That's yeah. one that yeah. Mulgrave and um, East Burwood. So, might are you not going get. to make a prediction at this stage, you two, who's going to get that fifth spot? No, <laughs> I'll make. I'll I'll say. <laughs> Ringwood hold on. Okay. Ringwood hold on. Well, I I I, I got to go for Mulgrave. 
I'll pick Mulgrave as a rough. All right, peer pressure then. I've got to go East Burwood now to be different. We know where Spider is. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with, with Mulgrave. I think they've shown a lot more these last couple of weeks, especially last uh, this uh, last Saturday, which we'll touch on shortly. But I think Mulgrave for me as well. When Mulgrave, when they're good, they're very, very good. Yeah. That's it. So, But they've just got to produce some of those performances. You well, know. let's talk about him while we're here. The Lions, 9-3-57, were defeated by Heathmont, 8 11 Game day yesterday had the results flip, so I thought Mulgrave had done it yesterday, but a, a really great game. They jumped out to a bit of a lead there at quarter time, 25-6, to and then it was pretty much even for the rest of the afternoon, and um, Heathmont with a five-point lead at three-quarter time. Kicked two goals in the last quarter to three, um, and still just managed to, to hold on for a, a very tight victory. Stevens kicked another three goals. Badramov kicked two. Uh, Tink listed as the Jets' best player on the ground. Off Fletcher Roberts again uh, kicked four goals, uh, four of their nine. And, and then Connor Tilliard listed as their best player alongside Lin Jong, which is no surprise. I think their top Ellen talent is, is really strong, and they missed a couple of those players yesterday with Sia Coolis and Booth. Um, Maybe you throw them in, they probably win this one, Ray. Yeah, they, they probably would. Yeah, because they're two very experienced uh, players that we're missing. But but just on this scoreline, nine three to eight eleven, a uh, little bit of inaccuracy from Heathmont. Did that keep Mulgrave in the contest? Yeah, uh, I mean it looks like it. it yeah. From in that second half, uh, just doing the math real quickly, they kicked five goals, eight. Uh, looking at Mulgraves, they kicked the the five two. So okay. that that probably shows you that yeah, Heathmont yeah. had some more opportunities. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Mulgrave. Uh, the the interesting thing to think about them with Josh, and I said this on the pregame too, is that Fletcher Roberts, you know, again kicking four goals, he can kick five or six, but it doesn't always necessarily mean they're going to win. And that's happened a few times now. So they certainly do need, you know, probably maybe one or two others to, to kick you, you know, two or three. And, and it helps when you've got Booth there. Yeah. But um, yeah. They, they probably just need that extra couple of players to pop up. Yeah, maybe someone like a, a Sia Coolis could potentially. Yeah. Obviously he's he, he's more of a midfield, but yeah, he can cool. he can hit the scoreboard. But you know, they they blooded a new debutant as well uh, well Manny Sarkissian and you know he was I think their leading goal kicker in the nineteens last year and kicked twelve goals in two weeks in the reserves. So maybe once he gets more game time into him, maybe yep. he can, you know, become that second or third option alongside Booth and, and Roberts. But yeah, he th- yeah, I think at least it wasn't a blowout, unlike the times they faced, you know, the wave, the Waverley Blues, obviously. Oh, yeah, it's a much better result. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. And more positives for them out of this game to be able to only just lose by two points to, well, who was the top of the table side at the start of this week and at home too. I think there's a lot more positives. Yeah, for interesting yeah. that they, they win and then drop from first <laughs> to third because <laughs> a, a couple of big results here. One of them, Baronia, 26 goals, 18, 174, defeated Upper Fentry Gully, 4-3, 27. At halftime, this game was 15 goals, 8 to 3 behinds. Um, very, very uh, one-sided sort of contest. Robinson kicked 7 goals, Begley kicked 4, Edwards, Fairchild kicked 3, while Melson here kicked 2. Uh, Stanley listed as the Hawks' best player coming to the club this year. Was up the Fentry Gully. Garini was the only multiple goal scorer with two. Totten Scott kicked one, and then Ward listed as their best player. I don't think we needed to jump into that one. Just too quickly, much. if if Upper Gully can take anything out of it, you know they were very accurate with the four four straight goals after half time. <laughs> 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 well, well, you yeah, got to take you got to take you got to take, take, take what you can. You, you got to take, take your little can. wins. Caden Stanley, the last couple of weeks, <laughs> best on for both games for Baronia, so he stunted some real form. Yeah, that's yeah very important for them, and obviously. They've had a couple of changes with the side, a couple of players out at the moment. Uh, one of the Hannon brothers uh, came in for the other this weekend, so not quite at full strength at the moment, but doing uh, very well there. The other big game, or the other sort of big margin in the end, uh, was the Waverley Blues, 20 goals, 626, defeating the Basin, 13 goals, 886. So not actually, it's actually not that bad of a, a margin there. The Bears were, were really competitive. Um, they led early on in that game. Then at three-quarter time, travelled by just 11 points, but in the last quarter, the Waverly Blues kicked eight goals to run away there. Williamson kicked five, Perry kicked four, Hale kicked three. Place, uh, place, oh, Daniel Playset was listed as their best player as of the Basin. Mills kicked four, Edwards kicked three, and Brown, their best player on the ground. And I think it was probably, 
probably what we were talking about pre-game, where we we thought the Basin would be, you know, pretty competitive. They're they're a young side. They seem to to have some really talented players in there in in power and and Poe and and Edwards and these some of the younger guys of the, of the list. Brown as well, but um, it was just going to be trying to match them on the scoreboard and obviously. You know, in the last quarter, of the Waverley Blues were able to to kick away with with guys like Williamson and Perry there. Yeah, I think veter- experience uh, uh, touted the the youthfulness of the basin in that final quarter. Just yeah, I think I had a feeling they'd be potentially able to run over the top at a really good three quarter effort from from the basin. Unfortunately, given obviously they're young, they're they're still going to ha- have patches where they they concede big runs but again you, you still take plenty of positives but yeah for Waverley Blues bank the win and they did just that to see them leapfrog into second yeah look if you want to take any criticism over Waverley Blues uh, I just feel that they're one of the top sides that do leak a few goals with the, with the weaker middle of the range goals they've given away 13 goals whereas you look at Baronia and that you know if they're playing one of the middle of the reads so we'll look at yesterday's result yeah they only give away three or four goals five goals for the game but but uh, Waverley Blues, I just think that they they leak a few more goals to those middle of the range sides and what the other top sides do. It'd be interesting to see because that top three, I think they're all tied on the same amount of wins, and it's going to be a really interesting finish to see where it's really that top two for the double chance that um, those top four sides will be going for. Um, the other side in the uh, top four, there, Templestowe, had a win as well yesterday. 14 goals, 15, 99 defeated Knox, 3, 8, 26 at Templestowe Reserve. Uh, very inaccurate early on, 3 goals, 13 in the first quarter. And I don't know if that's right because they were 3, 13, then suddenly at halftime they're 6, 11. So I think there's something wrong with uh, game day there. But Templestowe, Dean Lembach, his uh, first game for the club, kicked 7 goals for Templestowe and was very impressive. Fogarty listed as their best player. Well, for Knox, Goyne kicked two, Greaves as their best player. But to bring him into the side and kick seven goals right away is uh, very, very, uh, very nice for Templestowe. It's it's a sign that it is a premiership move, I reckon, for for Templestowe. It's, it's you couldn't have asked for a better start if you're Dean Limbach or, or, or Templestowe. But again, their experienced players coming to the fore. Giovanni again, another great performance. Mick Fo- Michael Fogarty just continues to go from strength to strength. So obviously, inaccuracy sort of plagued them. They would have potentially liked to have won by more, but again, still get the win. And this is going to be a great final series, the way it's shaping up, because yeah. I, I feel that any of those top four, Baronia, Waverley Blues, Heathmont and Templestowe, on their day, can, can win that premiership. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I probably thought in the first five to six weeks there was maybe Baronia's to lose. But just after the last couple of times, you know, Templestowe really pushed them. Heathmont early in the season pushed them. Uh, they lost to Ringwood. So it's still, still very open at the top there with the top four and a big clash uh, next week with Heathmont versus Templestowe, which will be very fascinating to see. We'll jump into the ladder, and again, it is not updated <laughs> yet. We've jumped into the studio too early. But uh, looking here, Baronia will sit on top with the seven wins. Waverley Blues with seven, played that extra game, and then Heathmont, uh, seven wins too. And then Templestowe in fourth with six wins. And then we jump into Ringwood, Mulgrave, East Burwood, uh, all there close with four wins and three wins. And then the Basin with two wins. Other Venture Gully in ninth with one. And then Knox yet to win a game in Division 2 this season. Let's have a look at Division 3. Probably the, the most interesting result here. Oakley District, 9-12-66. Defeated Coldstream, 7-10-52. Bosnich back into the sidekick, four goals. Really needed him the week before when <laughs> we were out there at Princess Highway Reserve. Hilton listed as their best player. Has a cold stream. Fritch also comes into side and kicks three of their seven goals. Carrigan, uh, I think it's almost a lock that he'll be their best player yeah. each week. He's had yeah. a really great start right. to the season, Ray. And uh, a good result here for Oakley District. Away from home out at Coldstream, a 50-minute trip down uh, <laughs> up to Coldstream. Um, yeah. And it, it would have been a cold, cold street yeah, yesterday yeah, as well. Yeah. But, but so no, that, that, that's a great, great win for Oakley Districts and and very disappointing because it's another home loss to Coldstream, you know. Yeah. I think unbelievable. I mean, I think they've only won the one game there, yes, Josh. And that was year. against Warrandyte. They beat Warrandyte. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's – and obviously, you know, from hearing from a lot of people there, they've, they've got a lot of uh, players out of the side and, and everything. 
But um, it's sort of seeing their season slip away at the moment. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think you're right about Darcy Carrington. That's now five best on grounds for him this season. Just He's been a, he's been a real shining light. Darcy Fritch as well has also had a, a good season when he's been up forward. But, yeah, I think... Uh, Oakley, it's a, it's a good, it's a really, really impressive win. Just given, you know, it's a bit of a trek. They're coming off a, a disappointing performance, and and clearly Bazanich coming into the lineup proves the difference. Pl- best players for Oakley yet that they named. Did they name the, uh, anyone else apart from the Pearsons in the top two? Uh, uh, so no, neither Pearson was listed. Uh, okay, this well weekend. that's good. That's good to hear because yeah, I said last week the other the, the next six players after the Pearsons have to step up and help them. And so I'd like to see some other players up there in their best players. Dylan yeah. Hilton best on ground for them. So. Yeah, and having a look at some of the others, Hawkins, Warren, Ambrose, Heath and Kirby. So some of those names we, we've sort of talked about in the last couple of weeks, so especially uh, at the match of the round is, as players will be key for their club, uh, but really strong win on the road for the Oakley District Football Club. Uh, another game yesterday, Whitehorse 16-12, 108 to Fed Silver, 9-11-65. For the Cats, low kicked five goals again. Bissels with two and low listed as the best player on the ground for the Cats. As a Whitehorse, Horvath kicked seven goals of their 16. Thorne and Violi also kicked two each. Horvath listed best on ground for Whitehorse and it really opened up late. They kicked seven goals to two in the last quarter after the Cats probably challenging that third quarter. And looking at their last three weeks, the Pioneers, they had uh, a six-point loss to Donval. Um, a very close loss last oh, against Oakley District, a game they were in front. They lost um, to Warren Dyde as well. And then Warren Dyde as well was only you know less than 10 points. So they were on the right track despite being 0-3. and three, And back at home, it's the result they needed because they just needed to get the four points because they oh, they were showing enough. But to keep yeah. in touch with that top four, this was important. And this is a great way to, well, respond from the last time they played at home. You know, they'll run over the top in that game against Oakley District. They run over the top of Sylvan here with that, yeah, seven goal to, to two final quarter. But Daniel Horvat is just, obviously he had a great season last year, but he's he's really filled the void that, that Andrew Padbury has left up in that forward line. You know, seven goals this week and a, a best on ground. He, he's such a key player for them, Ray. And what you got to do, you got to compare Whitehorse results this year to last year. And, you know, with Andrew Haining coming down there as coach and, and playing as well, they're a, they're a completely different side uh, than what they were last season. Yeah, they're, they're a very consistent team. And I think that will put them, uh, with, with Oakley winning, they'll still be outside the top four. But it, it does get them a bit closer. They keep yeah. in touch and um, give a bit of a break on the, the bottom three sides. One of those is Fair Park, who... Uh, went down to French Gully yesterday afternoon, 5-6-36 the lines to the gully, 12-11-83 there at Wally 2 Reserve for Fair Park. Dadswell kicked two goals. Raru listed as their best players, had a really strong start to the year. That's Fentry Gully. Calispiris kicked another four goals. Kennedy kicked three. Ethan Kiker, best on ground for the gully. And looking at that game at halftime, uh, and I think early in that third quarter, it was, it was somewhat close, and then... Furniture Gully flicked the switch and kicked a, you know, kicked away. I, I, don't I think know why it was. Uh, I think it was the third. I think three quarter time. It was just seven points from what I remember seeing. Yeah, it was something. Bucks. It's something quite close. So yeah. game day actually has has put the 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 final score on there. I think. Yeah, for the I three think they might have score. kept. I think they still kept Fair Park scoreless in that final quarter, though. I think they kept them scoreless in the first quarter mm-hmm. and the final quarter. So again, Fair Park, they won't be too disappointed. They obviously. They were close to them, but just the gully train keeps on rolling, and uh, it's hard to see that it, it, me. It's hard to see anyone stopping them. Them bar potentially Donval or or or, Oak, or bar probably potentially Donval. But yeah, I think it's a win they needed to get, and and I'm sure Brett's happy with Ethan's performance with the best on ground. Yeah, no, look, the Eagles, they're doing what they have to do. Yeah, they don't have to win by big scores. They just win, 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 and they're and going about their business. And uh, and we, this was all set up from last season, as we saw the way they yeah. come home last season after losing the first seven or so. So, no, they're, they're travelling really well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, next week they take on Sylvan away from home, so not a uh, easy challenge there. But if they get the job done, it sort of sets up a, a really big clash against Donvale who also had another win yesterday at Donvale Reserve, 10-19-79, defeated Warren Dyke, 5-8-38 for Donvale. Duncan kicked three goals. 
Dayan Murphy kicked two each. Brower listed as their best player on the ground. As a Warrandite, all single goal kickers. Uh, Zach Carroll, best on ground for the Bloods. Much different game to what we saw in round yeah. one with a, a game that you know went down to the, the last kick of the, the day. Um, Donvale were always in control there, Ray. And uh, I think it was expected. Warrandite still... Still got a long way to, to catch up from, and um, I don't think they were ever going to beat the Magpies with, including some of their big outs too, with you know Ryan Phillips and, and Malone. Yeah, no, look, uh, the, the wheels have fallen off, Warren. Who yeah. do you, none of us would have expected this at the start of the season, and uh, yeah. they're really down there in that relegation race as well, you know. And uh, is this double relegation in this? No, part? just a single just relegation. Just a single one. Well, that, that, you know, you got Coldstream on the bottom and Warren died second, so you know, who expected <laughs> that at the start of the year? Uh, definitely not me, I, especially yeah. after around one, but yeah, I think uh, I'm starting to fall off the Warren Dyke train now after this week, oh, yeah. finally. I'm finally <laughs> falling off. Josh, it. you're not falling off. We're pushing you <laughs> off. <laughs> a bit, yeah, I think this result is just is just showing yeah. the the different trajectories yeah. that both sides have gone in. You yeah. know, Donvale are still on the rise. Warrandyte, the, the wheels yeah. are uh, rolling really for falling off. Yeah, interesting that Warrandyte play Coldstream next week. So, uh, one of those okay. sides will be probably oh, Fair Parker on the same amount of wins as, as them as well with two. But one of them will be in a bit of strife next week if they lose that game. We'll jump into the ladder here. Fernie Gully and Donvale on top with seven wins each. A bit of a, a percentage battle between them. Fernie Gully's big win a couple of weeks ago season uh, at 173%. In third place, Sylvan. They still have a, a two-game lead from fifth and a one-game lead on Oakley District there with the five wins. Oakley District there in fourth with four. Whitehorse with three. And then Fair Park, Warrenite and Coldstream all with two wins each. But... That division slowly starting to separate itself. It's taken quite a quite a bit of time to, to get to that stage, but we're starting to see that now. Let's jump into Division 4 for the last division here this morning. Kilsyth, 24 goals, 11, 155. Defeated Croydon North Emlock, four straight, 24. Uh, J- uh, Jared O'Neill kicked five goals. Uh, Jaden Wickard kicked five. McNay kicked four, Drossler kicked three. A lot of their recruits performing well. Goodenson kicked two. Uh, Jaden Wickard. Wycard, I think it is. Sorry, Jaden. Uh, <laughs> best on ground there for Kilsyth and Croy North Emlock. Uh, two goal kickers in Crowell and Williams. Again, I don't know if this is correct, but they have got listed here that they did not score for three quarters and then kicked the four goals in the last quarter. <laughs> I'm not sure if that is correct or not, so we won't really discuss that too much. But Kilsyth, a uh, very big win as we expected. Scoresby defeated Churnside Park yesterday. 20 goals, 13, 133 to Churnside Park. 10, 11, 71. McBean kicked five for the Magpies. Plumridge kicked four. Hunter Bronkies kicked three each. Fairchild and Robinson kicked two. McBean listed as their best player for the Magpies. As to Churnside Park, Hager kicked four. And Clavant kicked two. Odomat best on for Churnside Park. And that's a that's a big loss there. Um, 62 points for the Magpies. And uh, someone said this was season on the line for Churnside Park. Yeah, I, I think it was you. me. I, th- I thought... You know, they, they needed to, to win here, but it just shows that they've gone backwards, Churnside. I, I honestly think they've gone backwards, you know, from the start of the season even. I think it was 19 points when these two met at Kimberley Reserve, but it's 62 points. Obviously, it's at Scoresby Recreation Reserve. It, it's it's really concerning. Two games behind Forest Hill in the in the top four, in who's in fourth position as well. I'm I'm really concerned for Churnside Park. Yeah, right. no, I looked at the way they're going and what they've done. They've opened the door, Forest Hill. You know who were struggling early in the season yeah. with some big losses, but now if they just can get a bit of a, a momentum going, they they're going to play finals. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I understand they do have you know players out, but so do Forest Hill. Forest Hill have have had um, outs yeah. early on in this yeah. season and they beat him by 87 points last week. So there is a bit of a gap there and they have dropped off and um, two yeah two games behind Forest Hill and, and three games behind Scoresby. But Forest Hill got the job done yesterday against Nutter Wadding, 14 goals, 6.90, defeating the Lions, 8.755. For Forest Hill, a lot of uh, goal kickers who have kicked two. Um, Rudd was listed as their best player who also did kick two uh, yesterday afternoon. Conan Benderup's continued his good form, kicking four, while Johnson's listed as their best player. But 
pretty pretty close game mm. there from Nutterwadding. Not too yeah. bad. They managed to kick a couple of goals each quarter. Um, yeah, but for Forest Hill, uh, a win away from home, probably similar sort of margin when they beat the Lions the first week, Ray. And um, as you said, it locks them in the top four for now. Yeah, and all they got to do is, you know, get some stability there and win a couple of games on end and then just bridge that gap a little bit further on Churnside and then look to playing finals and uh, maybe, you know, can shape the final four. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think it was that third quarter as well, the, the premiership quarter where Forrest Hill ran away with it. We were concerned that there were that there would be a, a quarter lapse from, from another Wadding and obviously they kept up with them. It was a, a 35 points is still a, a pretty good margin, but... Yeah, I, I think Forest Hill just—they're in really good—they're in really good form, and they deserve that fourth spot, I reckon, based on well, mainly these last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, interesting to see next week. They've got Kilsyth who they lost to early in the season by uh, ten or eleven goals. So if they can improve on that, show that they are worthy of that top four spot, uh, it will make a lot of difference. The ladder here at the end of round eight for Division Four, Kilsyth remain on top with six wins there, a percentage of 208 in second place, Surrey Park with five wins, they played one game less due to the bye, Scoresby in third with five wins, Forest Hill in fourth with four, Churnside Park fifth with the two wins, Nutterwanning with one win, and Croydon North yet to win a game from the opening eight matches, and that's it for a weekend, a few one-sided results, a few surprises, and Again, an, another round to look at. Yeah, it was a, an exciting weekend and uh, plenty more exciting action to, to come this coming weekend. Definitely. Yeah, and a big week leading up the week after Mindy King's birthday as well, boys. Yeah, absolutely. We're almost at the halfway mark, so crazy just yeah. how uh, quickly we've, we've gone through this season already. So thanks for tuning in this morning and we'll see you next time. He's going to play on, run around, give himself some room, set sail for home, Samuel Hart. Yes! He's got it! Back to four points. What a good goal that was. The Red Jackets are up and about. Nine